0: Money FM 89.3. Best of drive time. Money of M89.3. It is now time for Market View. I'm Elliot Danker together with Tra Tien Tien. Uh, we have quite a few things to talk about. Tien Tien's been mentioning the Olam Group uh, several times throughout the show, so we'll dive into that. Plus, what investors will be watching out for as far as uh, U.S. consumer inflation is concerned. Uh, but as always, Tien Tien, a recap of how we started the day.
1: Right. So, Elliot, Singapore shares up this morning despite overnight losses on Wall Street and also in Europe. So, in early trade, the STI was up 0.2% to 3,249 points. Some 53 million securities changed hands in the broader market then. Uh, but if we look at the closing numbers, the STI closed in the red today. Uh, it closed down 0.02%, marginal losses at 3,242 points. In terms of value turnover, we are looking at around 815 million Sing dollars. Gainers outnumbered losers though, 273 versus 254. Five. Top Advances, GMH USD, Jardin Cycle and & Carriage and New Incorporation USD. Top Decliners, Venture Corp, DBS and Isetan. Now in terms of companies to watch today, we have OCBC. Bumper profits, the bank announced a net profit for first quarter rose 39% to a record 1.88 billion Sing dollars, bolstered by strong net interest income growth. Now, investors continue to zoom in on Olam Group after reports said Olam Group is planning to launch in June a dual IPO of its agricultural unit. That could raise up to 1 billion US dollars in Singapore and Saudi Arabia. So, if it is actualized, uh, how would that solidify Southeast Asia as a global IPO hotspot? Would it give a lift to Singapore's IPO activity? Those are questions to ask. And elsewhere, all eyes on uh, US consumer inflation due later tonight. And traders continue watching Joe Biden and top uh, Republican lawmakers trying to break that deadlock over raising the uh, 31 trillion US dollars US debt limit. Uh, lots to watch. So, let's unpack all of them with Carmen Lee, head of OCBC Investment Research. Carmen, how are you? Hi, great, thanks. It well, it's a very heavy day, uh, but Carmen, let's take a look at the Singapore stock market. How did the STI fare today? Any surprises when it comes to the biggest movers? Okay, today, actually,
0: the STI closed today uh, lower, and this is in fact the fourth consecutive day of decline. So if you take a look at May itself, it has actually been pretty sluggish. Well, market action this week, in fact, is a lot lower than last week in terms of trading activities. What is very interesting to take note of is the fact that uh, so far this whole month, the SDI is down almost close to 1%. So there's, of course, that very famous saying, right, sell in May and then go away. Uh, in particular, I think this is actually quite applicable to the Singapore market. Mm. So if you look at the last 24 years or so, uh, actually uh, the market tend to close down in May uh, in the last um, like 17 years or 24 years. So that's mm. actually quite high percentage, about 71%. So do be careful. May it tend to be a very quiet month for the small market. Mm. But Carmen, uh, talking about OCBC, congratulations to you. Not very quiet. Uh, first quarter earnings record, in fact. Uh, net profits up 39% year-on-year. Higher interest rates, of course, to do with that. 1.88 billion. So it beats the analyst estimate of 1.74 billion. Okay, I've got a bit of a two-part here, uh, Carmen. First, uh, I want to get your thoughts, you know, with regard to the outlook of the banking sector, without really Bearing in mind OCBC, secondly, do you think this whole the, these records that have been posted would play a part in uh, affecting the outlook for the banking sector? Okay. I mean, uh, to be expected, this first quarter is actually going, is actually a very strong quarter, largely because mm. of the fact that uh, net interest margin actually is one of the key drivers. But having said that, we also noticed that the uh, Fed's uh, rate hike cycle is actually ending soon. And okay. so that also means that it's an in, in area whereby you actually could possibly see a compression in terms of the uh, NIM, which is the net interest mm. margin. And if you look at what the three CEOs have guided post the result, uh, the tone is obviously a lot softer in terms of guidance. And don't forget, this one, we actually saw more property cooling measure which hit the market quite yes. unexpectedly yes. and so together with that and a very much slower sort of a loans guidance because it used to be about maybe perhaps high single digits now you take a look at that most of them are guiding between low single digits so that's actually quite a dramatic change in the landscape and uh, so as a result of that I think that in terms of both the fee and non-fee income you possibly see a bit of a easing off from the peak which is in the first quarter of this year so in terms of outlook uh, going forward it's a little bit more softer but having said that, obviously, it's still going to be a
1: very good year. Mm, and from OCBC, Carmen, let's uh, turn our attention to look at SemCorp Industries. A Reuters report said uh, potential bidders for SEMCOM's uh, SemWaste include US private equity group KKR, and that the deal could value SemWaste at around 500 million US dollars. SEMCOM has spoken that uh, the deal is is not definitive. Your thoughts on this? Yeah, actually, I think this is one of the best performing stocks this year. year today, it's up almost close to 40%. Wow. In fact, today,
0: today it's actually at an all-time 52-weeks high. So, this stock mm. is really in on a very unstoppable track. So, uh, I think they have not confirmed the news about this. But having said that, I think what I think investors took note of and I think they're quite delighted about is the fact that they actually mentioned that they are looking for businesses that are will offer a strategic fit and yeah. also maximize shareholder value. So if this goes through, I mean, and that's quite a sizable amount of money, which we're talking about close to about maybe $500 million. Mm. That could also be redeployed. And then you will notice actually the fact that SCI has actually done so in the last couple of months is also because of the fact that it has actually changed into a very new angle. And a strong focus now is actually on the renewable energy space. And that's when really the excitement is. Right, I mean, a lot of uh, uh, investors are actually looking into c- ideas, and I think there are very few ideas in this whole renewable energy space. And I think going forward, this is in fact exactly one of those mega trends that uh, investors are still very excited about. So, if they can uh, do something about this or redeploy really the fund, I think that could perhaps take a stock up another leg. Like, mm.
1: And yeah. uh, another company to watch, which uh, I am very excited about, coming is Olam Group, because uh, according to Reuters, again, uh, this. Is agricultural unit Olam Agri planning to launch in June a dual IPO that could raise up to 1 billion US dollars in Singapore and Saudi Arabia? I believe uh, the planned listing is not new, but the fact that in June, I think that's a new timeline. So if it happens, how would Olam's Agri listing? Boost Singapore's IPO activity this year?
0: Okay, I think first thing first is that $1 billion is actually a very sizable IPO and that's something to look forward to because uh, if you just recall in the last two to three years during the pandemic, the whole IPO market actually slowed out to almost, grind almost to a halt because of the fact that a lot of companies are just waiting and trying to figure mm-hmm. out the whole pandemic. So, so this whole period now where the market starts to open up people are actually quite looking forward to a lot more IPO hitting the market but again the pace is a little bit slow so anything more than billion is likely to uh, create quite a lot of excitement and uh, Olam's business obviously is going to have a dual listing and I think one of the key reasons for them to want to list in Saudi Arabia is also because Olam is largely in a lot of these grain seed commodity sort of uh, businesses and I think they do plan to have a bigger presence in Saudi and that region, so I think a listing there and a listing in Singapore actually will do it good. In that, that will also increase the visibility for for Olam as a company. But having said that, I think in Singapore we are also hoping for more uh, IPOs. I think if you remember, I think earlier maybe past pre pandemic, several of the very big companies were supposed to get listed even in North Asia, but all those mm. were shell. And I think hopefully this will, in a sense, buck off the whole exercise of having more companies uh, seeking for an IPO.
1: Mm, And now, well, now taking a look at some of the headlines around the world. Comment: Asian shares stumbled today ahead of key U.S. consumer price data out tonight. Economists expecting the headline consumer price index to hold steady at an annual 5% and core CPI to moderate very slightly to 5.5%. But the question is, do you think markets are prepared for a major surprise on the upside? I think that is still quite challenging at this point in time
0: because I think the key to the whole, uh, US market is the fact that the Fed is still very keen to contain inflation. And so if that's the case, then I think that does have an impact on the rest of the outlook for the market. And in particular, I think in terms of corporates, I think for the, for the corporates, I mean, to be on the upside, you need the corporates to show a clear turnaround in terms of the earnings. But having said that, you notice actually in terms of the earnings, it's actually uh, mostly fairly mixed at this point in um, time. And if anything else, forward uh, projection for the second and third quarter tends to show that actually there will be margin compression because the economy is definitely showing signs of slowing down. So yeah. if that happens, then obviously the U.S. Uh, earnings per share will have to be adjusted down and so forth. An upside to have take place is most likely quite unlikely. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the key factors maybe will come from perhaps the uh, Chinese economy because... Uh, most economies are still expecting a V-shaped recovery for the Chinese economy. So mm. that could be the one that actually defies the downtrend uh, in a sense because the uh, US uh uh, EPS and scope mm. is actually looking a lot softer now than perhaps 60 months ago.
1: But before we let you go, Carmen, let's talk about the US debt ceiling. President Joe Biden, who's a Democrat and uh, House of Representatives mm-hmm. Speaker mm-hmm. Kevin McCarthy, who's Republican, uh, they have committed their aides to daily discussions about areas of possible agreement. Now, yesterday with our guests on Market View as well, we, we were talking about this and it seems like the question is not whether there will be a deal, likely there is going to be a deal, but what the compromise would be. Any thoughts on this?
0: Okay, I think as a house, we've been quite extensively about this. Uh, our base case is that there will be a congressional, uh, brinsmanship and a last minute mm. agreement. I think we've seen this in, in the past as well, too. Mm. So we feel that a U.S. Uh, debt to default situation is fairly totally unlikely. But yet, despite this, I think, uh, we kind of trying to put a time frame to this. We think that it will mostly be between June to July of this year, uh, by which time I think the U.S. Treasury would run out of uh, cash. But having said that, because of this whole uncertainty in the market, this could actually result in heightened market volatility for equities as well. Mm. So, you know, the U.S. Treasury is actually really the fundamental assets right, which, of course, drives the uh, global risk-free rate. And this also forms a large part of a lot of the global banks' uh, reserve. So, in a very bad case scenario, I and mean, if there's really a default, then obviously that means that there is likely to be a broad-based sell. off But our view is that a bridge is unlikely and even if it does happen, it will most likely be very short lived and likely to be over within like a couple of days. Yeah
1: any guesses as to what the compromise would be in terms of will there be lowering of budget or things like that yeah they most certainly can do some of this like I think
0: raise the ceiling or or one of this but as we have seen in the past in the last many rounds when this happened Mm. right a compromise usually would take place (laughs) and so but heading into it like I say, there's always going to be a lot of volatility so that volatility Mm. could also throw up opportunities as well especially I think Uh volatility also means that there will be opportunity by some of the quality which could result because of this whole nervousness about whether a compromise would be Reach or not, but like I say past experiences shows that usually a compromise mm. is
1: somehow reached. Yeah. All right. So usually, that's the keyword. So thanks yeah. a lot, Carmen. <laughs> uh, that was Carmen Lee, head of OCBC Investment Research. Always a pleasure chatting. Thank
0: you. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.